You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagask's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning, folks. You're very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. We have Donald Patton, Chagask researcher from Ballyhays. A lot of our viewers obviously would um, would know you, Donald. There's a relatively new trial, and I say that in the fact I think you're actually in in the third season, or definitely the third, third season in terms of actually um, establishing clover on the farm. Um, maybe just explain a little bit. I suppose what we want to go through today is a little bit about the, the overview of the trial, but ultimately then I suppose an update on on how it's actually going. Yeah, so look at I suppose James. Um, yeah, we're on the third year. We started in twenty one. Um, with this current trial looking at clover. So I suppose if you wind the clock back to sort of 2020, um, we, I'd be fair to say we were behind the curve in terms of clover. Uh, up to that point, we really had done very little uh, in terms of trying to establish it um, on the farm. Um, whereas we'll say the farms in Moor Park, Clan, Salahed uh, were sort of showing great results from clover. So I suppose it was the the next thing we had at that stage we had 15 years probably of grass growth data sort of showing that the farm was capable of growing 14 tonne which are to be 50 kilos of N. Um, but looking forward that nitrogen application is probably going to become under pressure so we sort of said right well clover is the, the next thing we need to uh, look at and figure out. So in 2020 uh, our steering group came together in August and we sort of put together a proposal for them what we just what we wanted to do, uh, which was convert uh, the farm into clover or a, a portion of the farm. So, as I said, we were behind the curve in terms of at that stage, there was pretty much 0% with any significant level of clover in the swords. Uh, and we kind of decided to use that as a positive rather than a negative in that. And um, what we wanted to do was look at the transition process. So instead of, we say, comparing directly cows and grass versus grass clover, starting from a, a clean start, we said we'd look at the, the transition phase from, from grass swords to clover swords. That, that's important, Donald, in the fact that I suppose <clears throat> some of this system's trials ultimately, as you said, the Ultimately, um, the cows would be coming in and they'd be going on 100% grass clover swords. Really, I suppose, this is the first of its kind in the fact in terms of actually transitioning a farm no different than a commercial farmer uh, would do. Now, we'll come to that in a moment. Maybe you possibly did it a little bit faster rate. But um, to track that process and and, and actually see how that's going. So yeah. <clears throat> I remember that steering committee meeting and... Some of them, some of the people involved had 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 tried clover and uh, possibly had failed along the way. Donald and yeah. were further north, heavier soils, Drumlin type land. The real question there was establishment, and and can it be established? Was was kind of the first question, and how did that go? As such, I suppose uh, a couple of methods that, uh, uh, and how how have you actually got on to date? Yeah, well, so look at it. I suppose initially when we were starting out, James, we were sort of intending to approach it like you would on a commercial farm, which was maybe slow and steady. Uh, and I know talking to the talking to commercial farmers, that's kind of the one message that you're trying to get out there is do an area and try and do it right rather than trying to do a big area at one time. Um, our steering group at the time said, look, that's that's fine on a commercial farm, but for ye. We want to get the answers as quick as possible. So 
like you, you mentioned the answer or the, the big question being establishment. Uh, I think even a bigger question was persistence. Um, a lot of the, the farmers, there was a couple of guys there that day actually from Donegal who would be, um, you know, in close contact with a few organic guys up there. And they would have said persistence of the clover and the, you know, heavier soil is, is, is an issue. So I suppose that's why we decided to speed up the process. Um, but from an establishment point of view, as we look at, we went the, the, the full reseeding route. Um, mm. but on top of that, we, we looked at over sowing as well. From initially, that was from the point of view of speeding up the process. Uh, so yeah. the reseeding has its, its strengths and its weaknesses and the over sowing has its strengths and its weaknesses. I suppose with the reseeding, to, to break it down or to summarize it, the reseeding, if you take the percentage of success with the reseeding, it has been much higher. Um, better swords, more productive swords. But the, the problem is that you take, you're taking the land out. Um, and I know we talk about the six-week turnaround, but I'd say the reality over the last three years with the ground we've taken out, it's more like eight weeks. And this year, it could be 10 weeks just with the way things went. So yeah. I suppose that that's the, from a systems point of view, that's going to have a knock-on effect and has had a knock-on effect in year one and two and will this year as well. So um, the, the overzone was seen as a way, look, we can leave the ground in, we can graze the ground and we can uh, try and establish it over, but not uh, not as high a success rate at all. Um, some of it worked uh, quite well and then some of it was a complete failure. And I think talking to commercial farmers around the country, that's fairly common. And Camille, in terms of any facts for us, um, clover percentages on the on the reseeds maybe versus versus oversown paddocks. Where where would you seen them at maybe for twenty twenty two? Yeah, well, our twenty twenty one paddocks. Um, <laughs> if we sort of use them, so last year was their full 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 year. Yes, yeah. exactly. They would have started the year actually quite similar in in the mid teens, which would be which would be good. Um, and declined then, but you could see sort of in the month of June, you could, you know, when we're doing separations, so our percentages are not, uh, it's not a visual assessment, it's actually separating on every paddock and every rotation. Um, so it's it's accurate and it's the same methodology used on the other research farms. But look at our clover contents in our, in June, in the oversown paddocks versus the reseeded paddocks, there was a divergence. Like the reseeded paddocks sort of took over at that stage and they would decline to an average of around about 60% from August to September, August, September, and then drop back, whereas the oversown paddocks were in around the mid 40s. Now that's an average across all the paddocks. Um, so there was some paddocks within them, oversown ones that there was a, a number of paddocks that there was very poor contents on, which would have pulled that average down. But there was more variation and overall the, the not as good a global content, but still quite good. Like still you're getting up above 40%. It's yeah. still not bad uh, for, a, for a first attempt at it. Um, now, the ones we did last year were done later in the year and they, they were complete failure altogether. So the 2021 ones, I think it was around about 80% of the area we covered. You could count as a success. Um, yeah. uh, last year it was zero percent, and that was just time, and it was done. That's what I was going to say. Is there anything there? So what you what yeah. you really highlighted so far is ultimately there's no issue in terms of establishment. The methodology receding really is much more consistent. Yeah. But is there anything for <clears throat> for our listeners that you can pinpoint the oversaw and 
the do's and the don'ts that you've learned. And I suppose all of this to a certain degree is you're, you're, you're learning and learn. And I heard you say that before you're learning to a certain amount as you go, Donald. Yeah. Well, look, I suppose on the overtone, James, it would be fair to say that and it's, it's no different than we say what's coming out of some of the on farm research stuff. It's, it's the timing. You know what I mean? Like basically mm-hmm. April, maybe for us, we can get into May in years like this. This was a, we didn't do any overtone this year because it was just too wet and then it was too dry basically very, very quickly. So um I think the timing is the the number one thing. On land on the land like what we're working on, it's probably a bigger runner than it is on the drier soils. So as I say, you have April kind of May to play with. Um and look at in terms of what we did, we we just tried to graze them, um graze them, you know, quickly after and graze them at low covers. Uh, and obviously reduced the nitrogen as well. And look, as I say, we didn't do anything different from that point of view last year. Just the only thing was timing. It was done. It was probably done in June, July, because that block of ground needed weed control and we had to wait for the spray. And really, it, it just really proved the point to me that the timing is the number one thing. If you're thinking about it in June, don't think about it. <laughs> leave, leave the seed in the bag till next year. So timing is the big thing. Okay. In terms of then, I suppose, some of the other questions that would have come up was, right, we established this clover. Um, is it going to maintain, possibly even increase the level of grass grown on farm? Where or what have you seen in terms of, uh, I suppose, if you look at the last production year, um, your your clover paddocks versus your um, grass only paddocks. Yeah, so look at um, we have a good um, we have a good. It's not comparing one paddock with another paddock. It's a good range of paddocks across mm. different land types, even within the the land block that we have. Um, and we're, we're kind of looking at that when we're comparing. We did the same level of receding across all our treatments. So our grass only treatments, we did exactly the same level of receding as our grass clover treatments. That was from the point of view of looking at, you know, as we go down the road, we'll be looking at our, um, we'll be looking at uh, the same age of swords. We won't be looking at new grass clover swords versus old grass swords. So look at on last year in terms of, as I say, now it's early, it's early in the game. It's only the 2021 swords were the full first productive year last year. But in terms of tonnage grown, um, and reductions in nitrogen, it it was positive. Um, so, look at we're, we're this all has to be statistically analysed. But you're talking about in around fourteen and a half tons grown. Uh, our grass across both uh, uh, grass and grass clover swords. Our grass swords got uh, two twenty five kilos of um, chemical N plus another twenty five kilos of organic to slurry. Um, and our grass clover swords got fifty six. I think it was kilos of N and another 25 kilos um, of organic through slurry. So look at a big, big reduction in N and a similar level of production. And I just pulled off year to date um, for all our grants. So this would include the 2021 and the ones that were received that are over someone as well last year. Um, and we're sort of sitting at to date 4.4 tonne with 120 kilos of N spread on our grass ones and about five ton with 70 kilos of N spread on the grass clover ones. Now that could change as, as the year goes on or whatever, but it, it looks, it, it would have surprised me in that I wouldn't have been used to managing or dealing with the grass clover swords 
it would have surprised me their ability to actually keep growing um, with with low levels of nitrogen. Um, yeah. But look, I suppose the big test is the, as I say, the persistence going forward. Like. Yeah. So you're you're quite you're quite happy that when the clover contents is there, ultimately you're you're fit to you're fit to maintain growth rates with as you yeah. say, much, much lower levels of N. Yes, but the one thing I would say on that is that it, it's a bit of a, um, <clears throat> a bit of a change in mindset in that there's, there's a tendency, you'll you'll see on the clover swords versus the grass swords, you know, 10 days in, uh, 10 days after being grazed, the clover swords can look kind of yellow and hungry and there is a temptation, you know, I need to spread nitrogen and it's yeah. hard not to. Um, but, but as we've let it sort of develop and progress on, they do catch up basically in the next number of days until they're, they're ready to graze. So, uh, if the clover, as you said there, if the clover content stays, I'd be pretty happy that I couldn't see why it wouldn't maintain itself. Um, now, the last autumn, this spring, and the last couple of weeks has been a real test in terms of the clover content. So, I was just looking back this time or in May last year, uh, on average, we were sitting around about uh, just under 20% in terms of clover content across all that area. At the minute, we're sitting, or for May this year, we were sitting at 10. So, uh, and you can see that walking around, it's it's definitely under pressure. Look at a wet back end, a wet winter, a lot of flooding, and then uh, a wet spring. Well, it was dry in, in February, but then March, April, and into May, it was difficult. And it was just completely flipped and turned on its head and it's gone hard and dry. So, It'll so, be interesting to see how it responds in the next month to six weeks, James, to see does the clover content to back up. That's the that's and I suppose that's the reason why these things are done over a period of time. So it's a six-year project, and we sort of said year one to three is the transition phase, which is where we're in the, just to, towards the end of that at the minute. Yeah. Uh, year three to six then is sort of the settled phase where we can look at the persistence and uh, animal performance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So as always, folks, you can uh, type in any questions you wish to ask, ask Donald there. But I suppose that that really you, you've highlighted there that maybe some of the, the 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 other questions that the steering committee would have had at the time really was right establishing it, maintaining grass growth, but then that persistency question. And I suppose really over the next this the remainder of this season and probably next season you're going to answer um, uh, you're going to answer those questions. Um, from a management perspective, um, you highlighted it there. High levels of um, high levels of clover and swords last back end. Um, how are you managing that in Valley Hayes? Obviously, there's concerns at commercial farm level. Um, maybe the levels levels of management required, or are you doing what are you doing different than you would be on your grass only swords? I suppose. And have you had any issues? Um. Yeah, so what are we doing different? I suppose, right? Uh, look, I've said it before. It, it the, the bloat is the is the barrier to adoption, really. I think for this, and that's understandable. I think at farm level, uh, people are afraid of it, and we'd be nervous of it ourselves because of the fact we didn't have experience of it. And that's not just myself, but the lads that are on the ground more so, taking in and out the cows, and you know, uh, the, the uh, Janjo or Barry that was there last year. You know, it's 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 different than what probably we're all used to, and that's that takes a bit of adjusting. So, 
I suppose we took the belt and braces approach, James, in that, you know, we can save nitrogen, we can help improve uh, environmental benefits, but if we start losing cows with bloat, uh, people won't adapt it. So we took the belt and braces approach in terms of trying to prevent it. Uh, what have we done differently? I suppose the first thing is we went in with bloat oil quite well. We went in from probably 1st of August on. When those contents were getting up over the 50%, we were in at that stage. Uh, some people questioned the the, the, the benefit of it, uh, and, I, and I can understand that in the in wet weather, the high-risk bloat weather, you know, are they drinking enough water or whatever. But look, at we are using the dispensers and the trough, and sort of the, what we said we were going to do was, uh, even though those grass clover, or those, sorry, the, the clover treatments were, were actually still hopping from grass swords to clover swords, which would be a risk factor, we sort of said that the, the bloat oil goes in every day. Just keep it in all the time. Like last year, last autumn, we were probably up at sort of 75% of our area that had significant clover um, and 25% didn't. So they could be going to grass sward tonight and clover sward tomorrow. But even when we're on the grass, we, we kept the, the, the bloat oil in. That was the first thing. I suppose the second thing then was that the 12 hour wires went up earlier in those treatments. So in general, on average over the years, that sort of tends to happen in around the middle of September. So it's when your pre-grazing yields are getting high and they're getting up into building cover on our grass wards. Uh, and generally speaking, that's where, and if grazing conditions are good, you might get away with 24-hour wires or whatever. Um, but on the grass over treatments, we were probably three weeks to a month earlier, um, which is an extra, it's an extra job to do. Um, but we said, look, we do that to try and uh, prevent the problem. And then I suppose the, the, the main or the big general sort of point was we tried to make sure the cows were full as much as possible so that they weren't going into these very high contents uh, empty. Uh, and in some cases, we had to maybe do stuff that we didn't really like doing, which was moving cows on and moving cows back and stuff like that. But the main point was keep the cows full um, and... and uh, you know, don't have them going in empty. And those few things, um, those few things seem to have had. Uh, and then I suppose the last thing we did was uh, look at, so we were sitting at an average of 60%. So there was some paddocks up at 60, 65%, 70%, one paddock up at 70%. Basically what we did is we we pulled out those paddocks and we left them till the very end of grazing. Um, and we, we grazed away. And then when we sort of hit those, what we deemed to be very high risk ones, we, we housed at night and grazed them during the day, which again is not something we like doing on grass wards. We like to keep grazing until we're finished and then house. But, uh, on the clover, those high clover contents, that's what we did to try and avoid the problem. Okay. And you didn't have any issues? Um, we didn't have any, we didn't have any cows like that we had to get vets to or stuff like that. But there was, you know, sometimes you'd see cows that were, big coming in out of them so i suppose it's just something that you have to watch and be mindful of yeah yeah very good couple of questions in there for you um to, to, to couple around nitrogen um so we'll start maybe on what you did and then we might maybe get a rec- recommendation from yourself at commercial farm level because i think sometimes they're a little bit different don't um with the lower clover content swords this year in May, what rate of chemical N did you apply? So, look at the approach we took on nitrogen was, and there's there's good bit, a good bit of debate around this, but um, 
And look, at, I suppose that the approach we took was we put on chemical in as normal in spring. So that was our two applications. You know, we are half bag urea in our slurry in February, the full bag urea then in sort of late March. And then on our clover swords, we got no more nitrogen for the rest of the year. Um, and that would have been the process last year. That would have been the process last year. And then in 2021, well, we wouldn't have had any clover swords starting out. But yep. um we wouldn't have had any clover swords starting out, but when we sold them after got 10 and 20 at sold, they got no nitrogen after. Um so that's basically what we did. And on our reseeded swords, I was happy enough with that. I thought that worked well. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. even in the first year, and you know, I know your white clover doesn't fix for a period of time or whatever, but in our first year after so on, the, the swords grew quite well. Uh, they grazed out well. You know, uh, the cows were never unhappy going into them or whatever. They were, you know, they grazed out well. On our overzone swords, we tried a similar approach here, one, and it was a, it was, it was very difficult. So. We tried the approach of pulling the nitrogen completely, um, and it 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 worked from an establishment point of view, but there was a fair cost to pay in terms of um, grass quality for that period mm. of time. And the other thing too is, James, look at I suppose which we haven't sort of said, but for year one and two, and even this year, we're talking about twenty twenty five percent receding um, of your area, and year one and two, another fifteen twenty percent of over so on. So yep. there was a huge percentage of our farm that was either out fully for reseeding. Um, so that 20% over so on could actually be 40% of your grazing platform. When yes. The reseeding out because it was all done around the same time. And um, just, just to comment on that, Donald, I suppose, look, at, as you said at the start, that was really to fast track the process to, right. to, to, to give the listeners answers ultimately and to give the farming community answers. But... That you wouldn't be recommending that, I suppose, as you say, you're probably recommending ten percent. Um, look at ten percent receiving ten and ten maybe yeah. is as much as you want as you want to be doing, and I suppose it depends even on your grazing platform stocking rate. If it's on the high side, maybe even that's a push. You know what I mean? So uh, exactly what you said. Look at the reason we're doing that was to give people answers quickly. We record the impacts of that, which basically in that first three years transition phase, the impacts is a, a shortage of silage at a relatively, you know, with a, a yeah. whole farm stocking rate of 2.5 cows to the hectare were still, you know, well short of silage in some of them treatments, um, which commercially is not practical. You, could, you couldn't do that. But uh, I suppose our interest is really on how, um, how those swords persist. So if, if we waited for six years to get them in, it was going to take us 10 years to answer the questions, whereas this way hopefully after year four or five we'll have a, a good handle on it. Yeah, and we'll we'll stay on the nitrogen questions uh, yeah. with a low percentage clover. So I suppose that yes. I'll ask you from a commercial farm level, right? Yeah. With a low percentage clover, would it be recommended to fertilise as normal or reduce to 150 kilos of, of nitrogen per hectare across the board? So I suppose the real question there is from that May period on, if clover percentages are low on commercial farms, um, what would your recommendations be I there? I don't have a recommendation because I don't have the experience and that's not avoiding the question. Um, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll have a pretty good idea in a couple of months, James, in that uh, we're at 10% now. And mm. look, we've had this debate even among ourselves, sort of Jesus 
So some of them you look and saying, should we be putting nitrogen on or should we not? Um, I suppose what we want to find out is the, the plant's ability or the sward's ability to recover. Um, and we'll have a pretty good handle on that at, in another couple of months. Now, I know that's too, people want the answer now to the yeah. situation. Um, and that's fair enough. But like from, from our point of view, we're in the position that we can, we're going to leave the nitrogen off and see, see what happens. And possibly we'll be regretting that and saying, geez, we're down a ton or a ton and a half. In terms of tonnage, um, yeah. and that that's the hard bit about the whole thing, really, is that it's a bit mm-hmm. of a patience game. And depending on your situation, you know, what farm level, particularly the heavier stock lads, that's it's quite hard to be, <laughs> to be patient, really, um, because you know, you have a herd of cows to feed. I was going to say that ultimately, really, and that's a very good question from the viewers. I think everybody, yeah. you need to assess that in terms of what percentage of the milk and platform are we talking about? Yeah. Um, what is your stocking rates like? Because ultimately, as you said, Donald, um, the cows must be fed first and foremost. I would say there you need to monitor your growth rates as well. Yes. Um, I understand just in line, and I don't mean need to be monitored maybe in line with other uh, with the other paddocks on farm, obviously growth rates are slipping at the moment. Yeah. But you need to make a decision really at farm level then on that. If it's a well, small, thought, a small percentage, Donald, um, as you say, you you possibly could. Um, you could, but look and see thing, the recovery. Yeah. One thing I know is from going out talking to loads of groups and stuff is that when people have one paddock at over, they just keep going to it with slurry, 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 uh, which there is nitrogen in slurry. And that's fine. You can do that with one paddock, but you can't do it with the whole, you know, a high percentage, which is the position we're in. So, look, we're going to, we're going to weigh it out. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's only, when I sat down and just went through the figures there this morning, you know, in terms of what we've grown and today's and the amount of nitrogen that goes on, it kind of, I think that's what gives you confidence and not to focus too much, too much on the colour of the sword because that can lead you down the wrong part, path, I suppose. Um, but look at, if you're looking at swords where there's 5% over in them and, and if you don't know what that is, I suppose go to a group meeting or there's some of the, the clover walks being held, I think in the next wee while. <laughs> there is, yeah. The, like if you are looking at swords, it's down at, you know, 5% now. The reality is you're gonna to have to put nitrogen on them back. Or unless you're in a situation where you can do without, do you know what I mean? If you're in a low stocking rate, but most lads at normal stocking rates will have to put on nitrogen. Yeah. If you don't have the clover contents, ultimately you yeah. have to revert back yeah. with nitrogen. Yeah, it has to yeah. be there. If it's not there, it's not gonna do its job. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh three more questions here. And I, I think unless there's any more, we'll um we'll wrap up then. Um so how do you control weeds after year two? Uh, maybe just mention what your I suppose the, the importance at, at receding stage and then what do you yeah, intend look to do going forward it's one thing so we have 2021 swords that were receded and we have 2021 swords that were overshown and that's one of the differences in them today as, as we sit looking at them today the receded ones are clean now there is dark starting to creep in like you know they would have been spotlessly clean last year this year, you can see, you know, bits and pieces of docks creeping in. Um, the overzone ones, definitely. And we would have had a fairly good job in terms of controlling weeds on the 2021 ones uh, prior to overzone. Um, but but they are, there's more docks with them. So, look, I suppose uh, it's one I'd, we'd be scratching our head a little bit ourselves. Uh, the options are, 
Um, spot spray, uh, which is okay to a certain point. Uh, some people will just have to live with a certain percentage yeah. of docks. And, you know, then it'll get to a point where it's just going to be a, a full reseed job. There is products there, as far as I'm aware, but, you know, that you can use. But uh, efficacy of them, you know, can be a little bit hit and miss. Yeah. So it just shows the importance, I suppose, of, of that post-emergence. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If, you, if you don't get that right, ultimately, that's your that's your one chance, really, to, to do a good job for, for a number of years. Um Another couple of questions. Uh, just the stocking rate on the clover swords, uh, two and a half, I think you said, across the farm. It's the same across all treatments. So, look, I suppose what we're doing is, and we didn't get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of the nuts and bolts, I suppose, but we're looking at you know systems where we're on grass, 250 kilos of nitrogen, and we're making no attempt to establish clover, and we're just going to run it as we've always run it. Which is your normal, as you say, which you always run it. It was, it was the normal system. Correct. The only difference between that and, we'll say, our base system that's been going back 15 years now at this stage is that um, that there's more receding being done to keep the swords the same age as we go through. But uh, everything else is pretty much the same. You know, it's the same. Uh, our, our clover, what was the question, sorry, our clover swords? No, uh that was it, in fairness, just the stock and rest. So you're stocking stock and rest, sorry. The stock and rest was the same games across all of them. Two and a half. Now, look, at as a whole farm stock and rate for us, you know, going back around about two and a half cows to the hectare, we should be 90%, 85, 90% sufficient for feed. As I've said, in years, in year one, two, and probably this year, we're going to be well off the pace in that. But that's just a factor of having so much land out for receiving. Yeah. Um, um, two two other questions. How is clover in a drought? Will it keep growing? Um, will it keep fixing nitrogen? So, um, look, I can't really answer the second question. But I can answer the first one. Uh, it, it's it's growing as well as the grass is. So it's fun. I, I've never seen as quick a change. Like three weeks ago, we were. We're at the point of housing, to be honest with you, uh, and maybe some people would argue we, we should have been housed and there was probably nights that, you know, conditions were very bad and we did a bit of poaching and whatever. Um, but it has switched now. Now, we're still, last week there, we were growing up above 100. This week we grew sort of 60, 70, but it has dropped off. Like there's one one of our treatments there that's we're actually feeding bales to them to try and hold cover on a very low cover. But... Overall, when you look at it, the grass clover swords are growing as well as the, the grass swords in, mm. in drought. Can, you know, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be in drought, proper drought yet, yeah, yeah. still green, but dry conditions. Um, but grass quality as a whole, but I, I don't see any difference really between the grass clover and the grass. Grass quality as a whole, James, is poor now. It's been a big struggle. Which has been a challenge on farms coming out of that wet spell anyway. Yes, and I mean, we're sort of saying a starting rate of two and a half, which is a little bit misleading because when you take out the level of reseeding that we've done, and this is the same for the last two years, you know, the first three years, we're sitting at a starting rate of 3.8 to 4, you know, so we graze everything once, then we close up our reseeding, so from middle of April until uh, that reseeding area comes back in, uh, we're sitting at a stocking rate of four. Now, what has happened this year is that because of wet weather, we couldn't get, we couldn't, we got some of it sprayed and couldn't get it tilled. 
then it has turned. And then this week and last week, we're sort of saying, will we sell it or won't we? We just went ahead and sold it. But unless rain comes, we could be sitting we could have <laughs> a long wait. So that's what I'm saying about the six-week turnaround. When you're doing a big percentage of your area, actually trying to get it done and weather windows and all the rest, it 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 hasn't worked out just in the last uh, three years. And it's not just a one-year thing. Each of them three years, we've been uh, getting through that amount of receiving has been a problem. So our yeah. stock rate is high, actually, at the, for the fourth half of the year. But when all that ground comes back in, we'll be buried with grass the second half of the year. It's, so, not, it's, it's really no different than a, than that commercial farm like level making a decision possibly to close up too much ground for first cut yeah. or second cut yeah. or whatever it is and, and you're yeah. pushing yourself yeah. uh, to the limits in terms of grass the grass quality and, and well, grass quality be, I suppose being fit to fix it Donald is the well, big being fixed to fix it so what's happening to us at the minute we did get taken surplus out but um, and, and we didn't let stuff build we, we took it out pretty quickly but uh, I don't know. Off the top of my head, we might have only twenty percent or twenty-five percent of the farm available that has got a blade at this stage. And the stuff that hasn't got a blade, as in hasn't been baled or whatever, is grass quality is a problem. But yeah. look, we're just trying to graze our way through it. And, and one last one last question here, and and you're going to tell me it it, it must be a Cavan man, but I actually don't think it is. The cost balance between bloat oil and nitrogen. And I suppose I, I'll, I'll add on a little bit to that. Is that where the conversation uh, should be yeah. around this? Look, I don't know. I, I, I understand that, obviously, for a commercial farmer, the first thing in your head is cost, right? And you're looking at this, and you're probably listening to us talking, and you know, I've been accused of being a bit, a bit negative about it, or not being negative at all, but you have to be realistic about it as well. And, I, I've had, we've had lots of groups. Look, we had an open day last year and we've had loads of groups in since I don't know many groups, we've had lots of groups in. And this is the, the, the conversation that comes up with people. And it's, I think it's a fair conversation. So look at the bloat oil. When we worked it back, um, it cost us 30 euros a cow, James. That's where it was at. Okay. Um, yep. now that's counting the, the oil from that point of the year through and dispensers and all the rest of it. Um, that's where the cost was. Uh, you know, some people are saying you don't need it. Personally, I think every little uh, every little bit helps, and if it avoids cow losses, I'm prepared to do it. Um, Nitrogen. The, I just quickly looked there. Sure, it's coming. Probably last year, the difference out of it, three hundred a cow, or, or yeah, well, last year's not really. Uh, it, it's a bit of a problem. Like last year. You're a thousand a ton for nitrogen, right? Exactly. And everybody went crazy looking about clover. But just remember back, it's a patience game. And we're not in this for a high nitrogen price year and then jump out of it the next year. It's actually to see can we build a system. The the point we're looking at or the the, the view we're taking of it is not really okay. There should be cost savings in terms of nitrogen, but it's more about building a system that you know, if we are not allowed to spread that level of nitrogen of yeah. what we have been doing, that we can actually say, well, that's that's fine. We can maintain our level of profitability. It is what the way I would look at it now. Again, I'd be accused of being a pessimist, but uh, I would look at it. Can you build a system where you can maintain your profitability yeah. even if the amount of nitrogen we're allowed to spread reduces? I, so uh, it's kind of building in. A bit of uh, resilience into the system to um, what might be coming down the track in terms of, you know, regulation. That's the way I look at it. Uh, if the cost saving comes, 
brilliant. But there compli- some complications comes with it too. And yeah. the, if I take a percentage, James, of the groups that come in to talk to us, we say there's 10 farmers in the group. There's probably one person is mad into this, right? And then there's two or three are dipping their toe and then the rest of them are sitting on the fence. And, and I think that's where we're at. Like I know in this neck of the woods anyway, that's where we're at in terms of clover. There is farmers who, for whatever reason, they're just saying, right, look, we'll, we'll let this sit and we'll see how it, how it goes for a period of time. But um, I think I, I think I think you answered that question spot on in the fact that it's really about developing a system where we can function, maintain, as you say, maintain economic performance, maintain animal performance, yeah. um, on reduced levels of chemical in. Um, yeah. And That's as you the, say, there'll be some years where there'll be biggest, bigger cost savings than others. Yes. Um, and really, that look at if we took last year, you you would say it's a no brainer. If yeah. you take maybe the, the second half of this year and fertilizer prices falling, that there's the, the difference is going to narrow. Um, yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it, Donald. Um, yeah. Look at thanks a million for 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 all your questions, folks, and and thanks to Donald as always, very thorough. Um, I think there was an open day last year, Donald, where you had record numbers. So there's a project ongoing in Ballyhays that I think is is applicable um, to all dairy farmers around the country. And no doubt um, there'll probably be an op- another open day, possibly next year, where um, lots of people will be will be interested to see um, if you've maintained that level of clover in, in, in the swarts. We, we could be at 2% at that stage. <laughs> so look, at, thanks a million for your time, Donald, no and, and thanks to all the listeners for your questions. Um, thank you. you. Bye-bye. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.